Welcome to the uh, Swedish Junior Hockey Podcast. Uh, my name is Jacob Dahlin, your host, and uh, the guest today is Oskar Sjöld from, from uh, outside of Stockholm, one of the suburbs. Well, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. This episode is brought to you by Scandlux, your home for Scandinavian luxury products, for the U.S. market, you can find us at skinlux.com. So, um, as many uh, guests that I've had on here, you know, we've kind of grown this network of of junior hockey players and senior hockey players and coaches and general managers and scouts, and uh, on, on and and a great place to to connect is on LinkedIn. And what caught my eye was an article. Um, uh that I saw okay this this guy's been playing uh uh you know he was here for collegiate hockey and and I looked you up and and saw that you had posted some stuff on LinkedIn so so I reached out poached you a little bit and started and sent you an episode and got connected right yeah that's correct uh, so, I was excited to hear from you cuz uh, obviously it's a Swedish junior hockey podcast so yeah it's a little bit you know, one of the things that I've found um, that that it it fills this void of, and and then that's the reason why we started it was there was no one talking about Swedish junior hockey over here. And then what I realized <laughs> is that there's no one talking about Swedish junior hockey in Sweden. So um, maybe I should do this in Swedish sometime too, but. Um, that's just twice the amount of work. So we we just hopefully people um, will, will tune in. So let's start with who is Oscar Kreld and why do I why do I want to have you as a guest? Well, I'm a 26 year old guy from uh, Nynäshamn, as you said. Uh, grew up here in a small town outside of Stockholm, and uh, well, I think that the reason you want on the podcast is that because when I set my mind to do something, I get it done. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that's kind of what happened with the college thing that you mentioned. So, well, well, we'll talk. I think a that little... might be one of the reasons that I'm here. Yeah, and we'll talk a little bit about it. But but what caught my what what really intrigued me was, um, and then we talked a little bit offline as well, and and that's your journey, and the important thing that I think listeners need to um need to get out of this is that you know we all have goals and and aspirations and we think that that the journey is going to be without turns and and we think we're going to go from here to here to here and then life takes you on a on a on a trip that we don't always expect and you've had an interesting one and i think you've you've learned a lot along the way and um and uh, it's it's kind of cool to see. And and then so what I thought we could do is divide this up in a little bit of your your adolescence and then your your the middle part of your your or your older junior time. And then kind of now as a 26 year old, a little bit looking back, a little just a little bit, but then also mainly looking forward. And how does how do you reflect back with your experiences and use that and leverage it? Uh, moving forward so i think it'll be helpful so nina's hum for those who don't know where nina's hum is where is that and why is that important 
in in this context? Well, that's where I grew up, so I think it's a huge part of my story. Uh, yeah, where where geographically? How far is that from the center of Stockholm? I think nowadays it's like forty minutes uh, on the highway to uh, Stockholm city. Uh, when I grew up, it was uh, about an hour because we didn't have the highway back then. So it's uh, a bit more modern now, and I think that. Uh, the infrastructure has improved a lot during these years. So I think that it's kind of a, a bigger city now than it was when I grew up. Yeah. Uh, but but it's, it's, it's known for its uh, archipelago. It's next to the sea and uh, kind of also known for the ferry to the island, the Gotland, which is uh, kind of a summer pearl in, in Sweden. A place I've never actually been to, which is strange. Um... And therefore, I've never been in Nineshamn either. But growing up, so uh, <laughs> you grew up in a hockey family, right? Your dad played, he coached, I'm assuming? Yeah. Yeah, he played uh, 18 seasons for the for the A-team in my hometown. Uh, and, and, and let me stop you right there because a lot of people have been asking, what's this thing about the A-team? The only thing people <laughs> think about the A-team is the, the old TV show – the A team, but good show. It's a good show. I, I actually watched it too. So, but but <laughs> what is the A team? Why do we call it the A team? Or in Swedish, which is all logit. Right. It's uh the Swedish structure basically. You you enter a club when you're young, and then you have all the steps in that club. So you don't really have to switch teams like you do in the US when you grow up. Because uh, you have youth hockey there, you have an uh, under-16 team, and then you have uh, juniors. And then at, once you're done with juniors, you go up to the A team, which is the pro team of that club, basically. And, and Depending on which level. Thing right? With, yeah, right. And in Sweden, you can move up between the levels. So you can literally play your whole career for, for your uh, youth team if you uh, advance through the... Stages of life, and if your pro club has a, a good team in a high league, you can stay there if you if you want. So, how was it for you growing up? So, you when did you get started with hockey? Yeah, probably started skating when I was about two or something because I followed my dad to the rings. Yeah, and then you played in, and then I just kept going. Yeah, and then and you just played with with those teams. Did you play? Did you? play with older kids or did you play with your age group uh, I'm, i mainly played with my 96 born team and then obviously we kind of played with the older guys as well because it's a small club so like if they needed players they would they would bring up guys that that had some experience and uh but mainly we played for our own team because my dad coached and we were a pretty serious team so <laughs> yeah yeah we 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 uh uh, we favorized our, our own team, obviously. Yeah. How was he as a coach? Because, you know, well, I coached he... my kid, right? And 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 I knew my limitations. And I always thought that, you know, people over here, they, they don't necessarily like uh, parent coaches. And, you know, I think it's there's good parent coaches and there's bad co parent coaches. And a lot of people think, it's automatically daddy ball, which means, oh, you're going to play your kid the most. And 
I probably treated my son, you know, I gave him a harder time than any other player. People probably didn't think about it that way, but you know, how was it for you? It was good. He was a good coach. Uh, no doubt about it. He uh, played 18 seasons in the A team, like I said. So he was kind of guiding us. And we had some other coaches too that also played for uh, the A team here back in the day. So uh, we uh, we just had a, a, a really tight group of guys that kind of learned hockey the right way from the start. And uh, well, uh, then we just kind of grew from there. I think uh, it wasn't really any question whether we would uh, play good hockey was more that uh, the way we were going to do it. So, well, I I remember, I think one year in the playoffs, we beat, uh, we beat your garden in their own rink uh, and kind of knocked them out of the playoffs. So I think that was, that was one of our uh, biggest moments for, for us as a team and, as a small club and uh yeah we had a couple of games like that we used would uh knock the stockholm teams down yeah (laughs) so how uh, and i just think that that's a you know when we're talking about like growing up in sweden whether you whether you certainly the the suburb because we've had several people on that that have grown up in or coached in small small suburbs of Stockholm and and the importance of these clubs in developing uh young athletes and allow them to flourish with leadership skills experience ice time on and off you know and 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 in a pretty protected setting so and I'm looking at your elite prospects and you stayed there in Nina Sam all the way till high school until high school so you finished ninth grade there and then so at what point did you start looking at okay because i'm assuming nina sam did not have a hockey gymnasium no they didn't they so so in some towns you have okay if i'm really good i need to go to you have the big hockey gymnasiums the niu's and you have the local ones but in your case you didn't even have one so you knew I'm going to have to move, right? Or did you have a yeah, choice? Yeah, kind of. Could... I think uh, they I pro- they probably started one once I left, but uh, that was not uh, an option for me because uh, obviously that my dad didn't – he wasn't coaching in the juniors, so I wasn't interested in staying. Uh, so I kind of looked at other bigger clubs' uh, uh, academies and kind of took it from there. Yeah, and of course, and then I found one just an hour away, so that yeah. was pretty easy move. <laughs> but but then also you made the 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 Stockholm TV puck tournament. Uh, yeah, I played for uh, Stockholm White in the did TV they have puck two... that was in Karlstad. Did they have two teams at the time? Uh, yes. Yeah, they also they always have two teams. I think. Yeah. Well, I'm from Lexon, not Karlstad. That's that you just you just uh that's the same thing. No, 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 no. It's uh, <laughs> uh that's almost like saying I'm from uh from Yable. Yeah, that might be true actually. I don't know. I, I'm used to uh Lina Sound and Stockholm and then the rest of Sweden is kind of a blur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it, it's funny, <laughs> it's kind of how it is. And 
And uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna put I'm gonna do an experiment here while I got you. I'm gonna pull you up uh, from the TV puck tournament. So how old are you in the TV puck tournament? Fifteen. Yeah, fifteen. Is that eighth grade or is that ninth grade? Probably. It's the beginning of ninth grade. Okay. So uh, I'm looking at the – it's funny. So I don't know this guy, Kevin Stanlund, but he's got Winnipeg Jets uh, logo on his Elite Prospect. He was yeah, on, he was on my team. Yeah. and That year. So was he a dra- – was he – did he dra- – was he drafted for them or – no, he was drafted by Columbus, and then they traded for him, I think. Yeah, and he's still playing, I think, yeah. Yep. Well, he's playing in the AHL right now, but I didn't I didn't recognize his name. But I always think it's funny to kind of look back at, you know, these guys that played, and then who do they play with? So who else did – so, all right, so you, you made the leap. So you move away from home, I'm assuming an hour away. Not too far, but you can't stay. Yeah, after ninth grade and going into high school. Yeah, I did. Yeah. How was that? So you went to Södertälje, which is uh, is one of the original NIU programs, I believe, uh, out there. Yeah, it's a classic Swedish club, actually. Old history and all stuff like that. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> when I think of Södertälje, I think of uh, Anders Elderbrink, but that... That tells you yeah. how old I am. <laughs> well, that's kind of what my dad said, too. He was like, yeah, Elle Brink and uh, Glenn Johansson and, and those guys. They kind of led that club yeah. All during right. their time. And then, so, of course, then you play on theirs, um, not automatically, but, but, but that's kind of how it works. And then you play on their J18. And they're yeah, doing... started under 18 and then moved up to under 20. Yeah. So that was 2012, 2013, 2014. Uh, and the last year you played J20 Super Elite, which now is called J20 National. They can't call it something super elite. That would be too, too cocky in Sweden, I think. <laughs> so they changed the name. But... Uh, some success there for sure. I mean, you were, a, you were about a point per game player in, in J, J18 elite and, uh, and J20. Yeah. in under 22 actually. Yeah. Last year in J under 20, 35 games, um, 20 points, not too shabby. Any, anybody that, that you remember from that time that were like, you know, really memorable players. Well, I think the second year in under 18, I played with Alex Nylander. So obviously uh, we had good chemistry and played on the same line and became friends. So yeah, it's kind of hard not to remember him. Not a big deal. <laughs> well, he came to my team, so it kind of worked out naturally. But he was yeah. only there for about half a season and then he left for AIK. Okay. And played with Jesper Bratt. So he uh, he kind of, <laughs> he cheated on me. Yeah, <laughs> he hit the gas pedal and and said, "See ya." Yeah, yeah. All right, and I'm gonna fast forward a little bit. Here's the big change. 
So, and and I think that this is a, a, a somewhere I want to I want to stay in a little bit and talk about because uh, I'm getting ready to record another podcast with someone over here that that plays in that that is a player development guy in in the North American Hockey League because so at the time you just finished hockey gymnasium uh, so you are you could have right. Yeah, so you finished high school, so you could have stayed and played another year of juniors in Sweden. Yeah, but, but then I left to uh, play in the U.S. Yeah, so not everybody does this, right? But I think that the it's a common the challenge between okay, you you played with some of these guys like Alex Nylander that is going in and he's going straight into AIK probably played J20 super elite and then got into the, into the, um, a team or the 18. Yeah. The, Cause he was a year younger when he moved up to, uh, the under 20 team. So he kind of automatically got a chance in the A team. Yep. And then from there he left to play in Mississauga in the OHL and got drafted because he had a really good season and then kind of, went into the pro teams in North America. So, you know, you, you have these kind of tiers of the, 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 the draft pick guys that are getting a chance. They're getting a shot, even as a young player in the SHL or Allsvenskan second league. But there's a lot of really, really good players that play. And I think you're a great example of this, that play at a high level, J20 super elite, top league, in juniors in Sweden, even as a first year, but it's but it's extremely tough to get a good contract with either the SHL teams or the Allsvenskan teams, right? Yeah, it kind of like you said, depend on what which club you're playing for. I played for Södertälje, and at the time they didn't do well, and I think that they played in Allsvenskan, but they were a bottom team, so that kind of helped me make my decision to not stay and and go to the US instead and and try a, a different path. But but you could have I'm sure that you could have looked around and said, "All right, are there other are there other places to go in Sweden?" But it's so tough because you got like when I've talked to a lot of players like you, the option is, "Yeah, I'm going to go and play the third level, Hockey Etan. Um, yeah, that's where Sadatelli went when I left. They, yeah. they they went relegated. Yeah. So the con the, the 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 decision here is I don't have a spot at the at the SHL or Alsvenskan. So I've got it. I can probably play at Hockey Etan, but and move up and and try to move up, which is what the majority of the people do. And they go in, they get lots of playing time. They're a young, promising player. They may be, they may even sign a deal with Alsvenskan, but then they get placed on a on on a loan with a Division One, Division Two team. But then the other, the flip side here, which is interesting, and I like to talk, I, I like to hear kind of how your thought process was in terms of deciding I'm going to go a different path. So playing juniors in uh, in in the U.S. How did that come about? Uh, well, kind of first, it was that 
my interest in uh, playing for the A team in Saratelia wasn't strong enough because of Whether we're well, the, the time I had uh, during those three years. So I wanted to develop more as a player. And then I kind of started looking at, or I started talking to college schools. And that's kind of how I came across New Jersey Hitman, where I moved to play uh, two seasons before I got accepted into University of Wisconsin. Yeah. So did you know anything about how that system worked about, okay, I want to go play collegiate, but everybody plays juniors over there. You know, it's hard for them to just go and say, ah, Oscar Krell, we'll give him a shot straight in from University of Wisconsin. They want you to go play juniors over there, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, if you play in Sweden, you might have a better chance of going straight to school. There was actually Division One teams that tried to get me in right away, but for me, I didn't have the amount of credits that I needed to come play at a college. So I think uh, that's why I kind of went juniors first and tried to get my grades and stuff up and obviously get used to the American culture before uh, before going to school. Yeah. Because it's a big step. It it is what yeah. What was the biggest? So now we're kind of moving away from your childhood and into now the independent. You you took a step from leaving high school, hometown, staying with your parents, going to Tsaratelia an hour away, living on my own, living on your own, but now moving. Or actually, at a boarding school, but yeah, that's the same thing. Yeah, you're at least you're not living at home, right? Right. And now you decide I'm going to leave the country altogether and go play juniors. Big, big step. And at the time you were probably what, 18, 19, no, 19 or 20, 19, 19. So how, what did your parents think about that at the time? Well, they were crying at the airport when I left. So <laughs> Mine that, was, too. <laughs> uh, that was tough. Actually, I, I used to kind of, went blank and turned around and went for the uh, security. And once I looked back, they were gone. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> and then I was just kind of decided that I, I was going to give it my all because there was, there was no turning back. Yeah. I think even though I was still at Arlanda airport in Sweden, there was this, this feeling that, okay, it's starting now. And then you're I, already gone, right? Yeah. Then I'm gone. Yeah. But that was uh, <laughs> that was a good decision I, I took. It was uh, the time was right for that. Yeah. So two seasons in, uh, of course, back in those days they didn't have U.S. They didn't have the NCDC. So the Hitman now plays. They moved up in the when they created USPHL Elite and Premier. Back then it was only Elite and Premier and no NCDC. Now they're in the NCDC. But a couple of really really good that must have been like where you really exploded or what did you just come over and have tons of confidence or i mean because so, you guys won the championship was that the first year or second year first year we won the championship that's great yeah but for then the second year i have to put my glasses on here 40 42 games and 40 points 
And then second year, 45 games and 62 points. Yeah, that's kind of how it went down. I scored over 100 points in the under two seasons. So uh, I think I really made the most of that time. And obviously the program kind of helped me see my goal of playing Division One hockey. So, I mean, the second year I got to be the alternate captain. I don't know how that happened because I was the only Swedish. I was the only uh, foreign guy on the team during the first year. So I must have made an impression. And then I won the scoring league that year too. So I think that actually going to college was just kind of a bonus, Yeah, to be honest. So, and then you ended up, so you kind of, you had the carrot in front of you. The goal in front of you was, I want to play in college. But you realize also, <clears throat> yeah, that's why I, that's why I moved pretty much yeah. to kind of test it out. Yeah. I didn't know much about college. I saw see some uh, Frozen Four games when I was young on the TV after school, but I mean, I had no idea about the culture or anything when I came there. So it's just, yeah. a, it's just a amazing time. Really, it was. Uh, beautiful so so i'm you know in your journey you're kind of taking like everybody's going the same place you're going to high school you end up going to the now it's very linear right you're going into niu but now you choose you take instead of like some people they go this way you end up going this way and you you go to the and you have this goal in front of you but then you realize you can we can go into this as much as you want to, but I think that the kind of the, the hurdle that you realize you got to get into is academics, which, yeah, you know, going into university is, it's, it's tough. It's hard. And, and they also have a lot of restrictions and it's really hard to navigate of, you know, what do you, I, I, I mean, I, I look back at, course I w- i'm older than you but i went through the same kind of process of trying to navigate through you know how do you apply for college and how do you um how do you get in and how do you have all the prerequisites and and so on and so forth uh, and then you have this thing called the ncaa clearinghouse right and then there's and then there's politics involved in in that kind of stuff so so you you end up getting accepted to Wisconsin, but then you couldn't. You're practicing with the team, you make the team, but you can't play. Yeah, like uh, in my case, uh, I didn't get uh, my amateurism cleared uh, until that season was done. So I think after our final playoff game. Uh, which we lost against uh, University of Michigan in uh, in Michigan. We uh, we kind of just uh, spent the night there, and then I got an email that said, "You're now accepted, or you're now clear to play collegiate hockey." And then obviously the season was already over, so I was just like, "Has this been the case all year?" Uh, I couldn't believe it, so. Yeah, that was obviously a shame because, I mean, uh, I worked pretty hard to get in there and I worked hard during that year too to help the team and play. So, and then, but I still had a good time. It was um, 
my first college experience. So, yeah, I can't really complain, but it was, uh, it obviously sucked that I couldn't play any games. Yeah. But I think if we go back to kind of your journey, frustrating, but in value, you know, I'm sure that it was, you learned probably more about life going through all that than the classes you were taking <laughs> at the university. Yeah, well, I mean, the classes was uh, definitely a challenge uh, in itself. I learned a lot, lot there too. And it was obviously fun to have, you know, classmates coming from all over the world and, you know, speaking different languages. And, uh, and uh, I think that really kind of helped me with the hockey part too, because uh, there was so much thing things going on that I didn't really think about that I wasn't playing. And uh, I think that's kind of why I managed to uh, persevere <laughs> that uh, until the end of the semester. So, yeah. All right. And, so, then um, and, and obviously uh, Madison is a, is a, yeah, it's a pretty nice campus. So yeah. Whatever. So what was your biggest takeaway from, from, you know, so how much difference was it between junior, so J20 elite and NCDC level? Similar levels? Yeah, I would say. I mean, the ice surface that is smaller in the States is obviously kind of the biggest thing. Kind of changes the game a little bit. So I would say it took me a whole year to uh, get kind of into that type of hockey. And then from there, it was just an ice tilt. Yeah. <laughs> what What about then making the, 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 the transition to collegiate? How big of a difference is it between NCDC, meaning Tier 2 junior hockey in the U.S., versus NCAA D1? What's the biggest differences? I mean, the kids there are drafted, so there's a pretty big step. But it obviously depends on which school you go to. Wisconsin has a history of sending guys to the NHL, so it's uh, it's a competitive program. There's a lot of other schools that has uh, just good good kids and and uh, academic uh, resources to kind of further your ed education. So, so uh, how? But, but I ended up at a, at a, <laughs> one of the best programs in the entire country. Yeah, and I and how would how did they run? I mean, NCDC, which is which is, you know, long bus trips. Uh, you know, no, we more. just played at the East Coast. Oh, so you guys only you didn't have to travel too far. No, we didn't travel. We just played at the East Coast, so okay. it was pretty nice. This, the last year uh, of that league was when I played there. And then they changed the name to NCDC, which is now kind of a, a bigger junior league in the U.S. Yeah. So but at my time, it was only for East Coast junior 18s. So how were the facilities different? <laughs> it was just small rings with locker rooms. 
and, it's, uh, and the concession stand. Yeah. And, and then you go to Wisconsin and it's almost like a professional team, right? Yeah, it's more than a professional team because they get like 15,000 people spectating the game. I mean, uh, I've never seen anything like it, not even at the professional level. And you have staff with, with a, a, a big staff, trainers, everything is, it's a different level, right? Yeah, it's basically like a national team kind of setup. Yeah. You fly with a team to other schools and play against other schools. Yeah, and I think that that's the thing that I wanted to hone in on, especially when, you, when you're thinking about like Hokkietan or NCAA Collegiate. <laughs> you get treated a little bit different. And I don't think it's uh, even possible to mention those leagues in the same sentence. No. And then uh, the other part I think is that, you know, playing as a young guy in, at, in, 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 in the league, you're a young guy with a lot of older guys in, in college, pretty much everybody's the same age. So you're 20 to 24, 20 to 25. Yeah. And the, the 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 difference between the oldest and the youngest, none of them have families, so they're all kind of this a closer knit group, uh, and I think that that adds to the experience of, you know, what makes collegiate hockey a very very attractive option for for people to to choose. Certainly, you don't make any money because you're no, not. No, it's a, it's an amateur uh level because yeah. uh that's why they have the clearinghouse to make sure that you haven't received any money or played for money before you enter college so you have to be you have to be uh an uh all round kind of uh guy with the school and sports included so what kind of person do you think it's attractive? You know, if you're looking at, if for those that are listening, you know, what kind of person or what kind of player you do you think would be a good, uh, someone that you said, man, you ought to, you ought to consider going to play in college in the U.S. You mean from Sweden? Yeah. Uh, I can't tell you. But who wouldn't, who would not be a good fit? Because you have to be able Probably to... Probably this local guy that, that hasn't been around much, not even in Sweden, just kind of goes to the same rink every day and put up points, but hasn't the kind of mentality of expanding himself. And also, what about academics? I mean, it's not easy. You can't... You can't... I mean, you can go over there and play juniors and not worry about academics. But if you're going to go to college... You better have your head on your shoulder, right? Yeah, so obviously you have to have kind of a similar setup as the U.S. kids to be able to go into college. So for me, I had to uh, kind of change my thinking to a more variable kind of mindset as I graduated high school in Sweden, because I thought I was, I thought I was ready to go into college. And then I came there and I realized that uh, this is going to get me nowhere. doesn't yeah. matter how good I am at hockey. 
So then I, I started with the, uh, the ACTs and then I kind of moved forward to, uh, taking college classes just to, uh, increase my chances of getting accepted. So what's the ACT for those who don't know? Well, it's the English, uh, proficiency and the testing. No, it's uh, it's the requirement to get into university. It's like yeah. uh, yeah. So you have the SATs and you have the ACTs. Yeah, that's the same thing. Yeah, and um, so you have to, but, but it's a test. Easy. It's a test, and you get a score, and if its score is bad, they may not qualify you. you or may not accept you in the school, right? Yeah. Um, but I feel that I got kind of lucky there because depending on which school you go to, you have to have uh, a different type of score. The better the school, the better the score has to be. If yeah, you're so, a hockey so, player, you can kind of get away with it. And for me, I think that kind of helped getting me into Wisco because obviously I transferred there because I had some college classes. So the ACT uh didn't have to be as high but it was high enough to get in so that kind of worked out but you also mentioned to me that you had the option to go into brown university well that was after uh <laughs> that was after wisconsin but that was kind of a long shot because i but... got good grades in wisconsin and it was kind of an attempt to just kind of stay in the u.s but um but I think but the grades weren't good enough, so I got rejected. Yeah, and I think that that's that's important to mention is that you know if you want to go to Harvard or you want to go to Yale and you want to go to Brown, you know <laughs> those are Ivy League schools. It's like impossible to get in. Yeah, you have to be even if you have a like a five star sport with you. It's yeah. uh, it's hard. Yeah. So I think that it's 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 for those that are interested I think that it's you have to do a lot of homework and you have to be realistic on on what is what is attainable both from a from an athletic standpoint but also from an academic but you bring up a really good point about also the mindset of of personal mindset of being ready to take that leap um and and uh, I think it's interesting because you, I mean, you're kind of a guy that when you like you said you're pretty goal oriented, and when you see something, you're just gonna you're just gonna go out there and 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 grab it. And I think it's really interesting how you're you have um, self realization or or the, the the discovery of oh where I am today isn't going to lead to where I want to go. So how do I now refocus? Um, now looking yeah, that's back, kind of how it works. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and looking back, that's kind of life. Right. And yeah. so uh, then you hit a few bumps in the road when it comes to, you know, couldn't get in or couldn't couldn't get on the ice and playing playing in the games, but and then you ended up going back to Sweden uh, with some family issues too. But but I will I want to kind of now focus in on 
you know, the, the phase of your life when you're, when, when you're looking back at the experience and how do you take that refocus and, and, and leverage the experience, right? Even though you don't have a Stanley cup ring at this time, which when you were 10, you probably thought, I want to win the Stanley cup, but you've gotten a, and you don't have, but you got a Stanley cup version of experience uh, versus versus the kid that has stayed in their hometown and didn't go anywhere. Right. Yeah. I think that's a fair way to put it. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit of what, when you look back, not, not looking back in, 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 in a negative sense, but, but really in the, in a positive sense, what are the biggest things that that's given you uh, to where you are today? So I think that for me, uh, basically kind of getting the best of both worlds. First, growing up in Sweden, kind of just uh, playing around with friends, playing street hockey all day after school and whenever we didn't have games or practices to uh, moving to the U.S. and kind of get there. Part of the grow growing up side of things. Um, and then kind of, you know, just going into university and just kind of putting words to it. I think uh, that's kind of how the, how the story took shape. <laughs> and, uh, well, after that, I mean, it's basically just about taking day by day, uh, moving ahead. It's, it's, uh, it's not easy to, uh, to kind of set out and do like the toughest challenge there is, but it's definitely worth it. I mean, it's uh, you're gonna give, uh, it's gonna give back so much uh, more than than you first expected. What's so been it's the, gonna... what's been the hardest part? Well, I think the hardest part is really like overcoming your yourself and and <laughs> and winning against your own kind of uh, perspective because uh, you're gonna realize that it's not it's not what it seems it's just that's kind of the the main thread in life i think for most people is that you know like once and for all you're gonna find out that, that it might not be the way it was when you were five <laughs> and yeah. then you have to uh you have to accept it and then you just have to you know adopt into what what lies ahead so that you can still make something of uh, everything that you've already done or what you already are i should say because uh, it's already there i think it's a natural process that kind of develops into what's meant to be so uh, i mean you you can try and force things your whole life but it's not gonna work out so so what if we if we now look forward a little bit so what's meant to be for oscar Schell? Uh, i think it's meant to be that i'm going to live a really good life yeah because that's kind of the 
groundwork I put in. Yeah. So uh, that's my plan going I, forward. I just think it's great. I mean, uh, you got a great attitude about it in terms of like, it's not been easy, right? And and it's been uh, some some turns along the, the journey, but... It, it it certainly shapes you as an individual and and it's going to be interesting to see how you leverage these these um experiences in life uh and and the and the, and the people that you've met uh along the way uh in your in in and where it's going to take you in, in the future so I've asked this question to some of the other folks. It's been a while since I asked it. I don't know why I got away from it, but I just think it's a good question. That is, you know, you're now in, you're 26, but let's say if you met uh, Oscar when he was 17 or thereabouts, younger Oscar, more impressionable, you probably had blinders on at the time, Uh but now you're more experienced, but, but, you know, what are the things that you wish you knew back then that you didn't know, but you know, now that, that you could guide young Oscar a little bit in the journey? What, what advice would you give him? Just to, uh, to really enjoy the time because it's going to work out. It's never a question once you put in the time and effort. Uh, I think it's a natural process. Like I said before, it happens when it's time for it. And then you just gotta be ready, you know? I think it's uh, not worth it to kind of distract yourself going forward, but that's also kind of the process in learning so I think for me, it's been kind of a battle uh, of what's going to happen. But then once it happens, it's just kind of, yeah, I knew it was going to happen. Yeah, I, I never hesitated. So it's it's just about being patient. Yeah. I At least for me. So pa <laughs> patience and enjoy yourself. Uh, two pretty important. Yeah, but I mean, it has to be discipline, obviously, because I mean... It, if you have certain goals, you can't, uh, you can't really uh, be on a different track at the same time just to kind of enjoy yourself. It's it's about enjoying what you're doing in in your own process. Yeah, I think it's really really good advice. Um, and don't be surprised. Yeah, but it's not for everyone. It's not like you can tell anyone one on the street just do this and do that and you're gonna be fine it's like this was my journey and and this was something that kind of started when i was young and kind of was natural for me in my childhood and then it became <clears throat> more of a challenge once i moved and then i kind of did everything i could to get things back to normal and and now i'm here yeah well, and I, 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 I do, I, I agree. I think everybody has a unique and in, in individual journey, but don't be surprised and don't be, um, don't be surprised at the opportunities you're going to have to be able to give back as well. That 
you know, you're in a season of life too, where you've, you've experienced a lot. And there's a lot of 16, 17, 18 year olds that, that, you know, you may have the, the ability to influence in the future, um, to be able to guide them in their journey. Right. And, and, uh, through living your Thank life, you. you know, through, through living your life and your experiences and, and, it may be tough, but I think that there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of lessons in your journey that a lot of people can can learn from. And that is, man, there's very little that I can't do if I put my mind to it and if I just take that step. And it may not be exactly how I envision it to be, but it's a you 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 the experience along the way makes you makes you grow as a person for sure. So uh, I think we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, the three seasons of, of Oscar Huelde as a, as a, as a young kid growing up in Nina's home, uh, playing with some of the absolute best and, 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 and then deciding to, I'm going to, I'm going to go and give it a shot in the U S brought home a title in the in the NCDC or U, 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 USPHL premiere and uh who knows where it's going to where the next step is going to is going to be but we'll we'll be we'll be paying attention for sure <laughs> thank you so much i appreciate that well thanks, thanks for having for, me on this show yeah thank you for coming on and sharing your journey and uh and uh, uh 2023 is going to be a great year yeah for sure